1: reach for the
2: beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate
1: responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden,
3: Colorado. Hey Chargers fans, this is the Guilty as Charged podcast where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media including our Patreon account where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the show. Hey Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Football is back, and we are so excited to be doing a game review today. Uh, We're also going to be talking about some of our picks from Thursday and just some general news and notes from uh, around the league and some of the other games that went on today. Uh, But first and foremost, Tyler and Alex are joining me today. Tyler, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great because they won, so no depression on Sunday today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, could have been a very different game had uh, that one kicker uh, Bullock had made that field goal. Um, Alex, how are you doing today, man?
2: I'm uh, doing pretty good. And uh, Ohio, you've been fucked. Enjoy. <laughs> so we did it. Yes, that's right. It was
3: a rough day for Ohio and <laughs> uh, Randy Bullock. <laughs> um, so we'll get to the Chargers first, but I want to—I do want to mention uh, some of the games that went on around the league. Um, Alex, did you have any major takeaways from you know the
2: rest of the games that happened in the NFL today? uh the Tom Brady looks kind of washed I don't I don't know if we want to talk about that but he I don't know he had that first good drive that was aided by like two pass interferences and then the rest of the game was just kind of nothing I don't know um you know he threw a pick six which I think Jameis could do effectively uh so but yeah (laughs) Brady just didn't Look great today. Um, The Eagles offensive line is more decimated than the Chargers offensive line has ever been, which is somehow kind of shocking. Uh, And um, other than that, oh yeah, well, Stafford has been just messed up again by Detroit uh, after having a great game. And uh, yeah, (laughs) those were my major takeaways. Uh, Seattle's win over Atlanta was also a pretty big one. Yeah, Seattle played really well
3: and Chris Carson, thanks to my, uh, fantasy team played really well. Um, getting back to that Saints and Buccaneers game though, I think, you know, that was kind of pitched up as the game of the week. And, you know, Tom Brady was 23 for 36, not terrible. Um, but he had two touchdowns, two interceptions. He was sacked three times and had a QBR of 34. So I know QBR is not like the end all be all, but. Uh, He did not look good at all. I thought Drew Brees kind of struggled, too. Um, He was obviously aided by Alvin Kamara's huge day. And then uh, Taysom Hill had a huge pass as well. Um, Tyler, your big takeaways from the games around the league today.
1: Yeah, my dad and I, my dad's a Raiders fan. We all were laughing like crazy at the fact that Brady was struggling. It made us really happy. And, you know, the, the, the Buccaneers are not as complete a team as the Saints, and it really showed. And that's why I'm more afraid of the Saints than I am the Buccaneers. And it showed the better team won today. Um, but, you know, we'll see
3: how they do moving forward. And I forget, did Mike Evans not play or did he play? He played, but he had one catch. And right. granted, his catch happened to be a touchdown, but that was it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see how they do moving forward. But I don't know. Um, the other thing I got to see, because my dad's a Raiders fan, is I watched the Raiders-Panthers game, I was surprised how that Panthers defense did not hold up against the Raiders. Um, They didn't look good at all. Honestly, and I don't know why, to be honest. The Raiders don't, aren't really that great, and they lost a couple of receivers. They lost Williams. They lost Ruggs at one point, but they the Raiders still marched down the field and scored, what, 34 or something like that on them? So a pretty impressive day for the Raiders. Um, I guess one takeaway from that game is how they used Ruggs. They got him involved often, early and often. Yeah. Unfortunately, he got hurt, and he came back. I don't, I don't know how much he did after that, but there was a point where he would touch it three or four times a drive, so it was – Pretty interesting moving forward. We'll see um, how it holds out. I don't think the Chargers play them until October. Uh, The big takeaway is uh, Phillip Rivers versus the Jaguars. I did not expect the Colts to lose the Jaguars, especially because Rivers last year shredded the Jaguars, and the Jaguars team is worse, except for the fact that Minshew shut up and played a good game. But, I mean, their defense really shouldn't be that good. Rivers threw two terrible interceptions, and... You know, people are kind of making jokes about it. And I, I hear Jason got a lot of crap for uh, saying some stuff on Bolt Beat about <laughs> Phillip Rivers. But um, it's true. His line was fine. and He threw two bad interceptions and we're kind of used to it. And now, well, we don't have to worry about that anymore. But we'll talk about that in a little bit.
3: Yeah, I, I you know, I was sitting there watching Red Zone with uh, my wife today and, you know, we were watching football all day, which was fantastic. But You know, they kept on going back to the Colts and Jaguars game. And, you know, the Jaguars are arguably the worst team in the league this year. Mm -hmm. Or as, you know, that was kind of the perceived uh, reality of their situation. But Gardner Minshew played fantastic. Uh, His final box score was insane. He was 19 of 20 for three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, He only threw for 173 yards. But, you know, he was efficient. And, you know, he got the ball to his playmakers. I thought Lewisko Chenault had a good day and DJ Chark had a good day. But this is the reality of the Phil Rivers situation. And I think, you know, all three of us have been kind of skeptical of what the Colts might be able to do this year. Just because Rivers is in a quote-unquote better situation doesn't mean that he's automatically going to make better decisions. And, you know, I thought his arm looked fine. It was just, you know, the classic Rivers thrown into double-triple coverage when he shouldn't. Or didn't need to. Uh, and then the Jaguars were able to make some plays and, and make just enough plays to beat the Colts in, a, in probably the upset of the week. Um, you know, you mentioned the Raiders game as well. If the Broncos are able to win tomorrow, that means the AFC West is 4 and 0 this week, <laughs> uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, I thought the Raiders played really well. Honestly, I thought Josh Jacobs was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr had some good moments, you know, his one touchdown pass to, uh, I believe N- Nelson Aguilar was yep. was an amazing throw. Mm-hmm. It really was. I thought Derek Carr played very solid, and Josh Jacobs in particular was, was a stud. It's good that Nelson Aguilar decided to show up. Yeah, he caught something. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have brick hands for once in his life. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, the the, the AFC West is going to beat themselves up this year because, the, I mean, we'll, we'll see how the Broncos look. I guess we don't really know how they look without Miller and who knows how Sutton is. But
3: I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be a collision course this year. So we'll see who comes out. So, yeah, the AFC West is definitely going to be interesting this year. And we saw how good the Chiefs looked on Thursday, and we definitely talked about them on Friday. And I think one of the biggest takeaways for me from overall this week is is kind of just the overhyped teams. You know Uh, all the breakout teams, so to speak. They all lost except for the Cardinals. The Cardinals were able to go into San Francisco and had a great game, but the Buccaneers lost. The Cowboys lost. The Browns got demolished by the (laughs) by the Ravens. The Ravens look like they are going to be absolute world beaters this year. They look amazing.
2: Can we be like done with the Browns already? Because we keep saying this every (laughs) year. And Baker's Baker's not it. Like I'm, you know, and I. I, it hurts me to say it because I bagged on Coward for being too hard on Baker. he He just ain't <laughs> it, man. he He's not it. Nor is Sam Darnold. Yeah. nor is Josh Allen. Joe Burrow is better than all of those three quarterbacks. it's It's a rap. Just just toss him out the door,
3: yeah. we could be definitely seeing some kind of transition periods in the next couple of years because obviously, you know, there's Breeze, Brady Rivers who are really old. But then there's these younger guys who are kind of playing themselves out of jobs. So Baker today was 21 for 39, 189 yards, one touchdown, one interception, uh, quarterback rating of 33. So just you know, it was bad, and you know he's got no excuses now. You know Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb had 100 and uh, 126 yards on the ground. They were fine. They had they have great weapons. Odell Beckham had three catches for 22 yards. Like there's no excuse for for Baker to be performing the way that he is right now.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. So we'll definitely see how that quarterback transition goes. You know, there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming through in the next couple of years. So that'll be interesting to watch. Okay. Now we will get into the meat of the episode, so to speak, which is the chargers game. Um, We're going to get into just general reactions. And then we'll talk about things that we think the chargers need to improve on. uh, And then we'll wrap it up with some game balls. So, uh, Alex, what was your just your general reaction to what was going on today for the Chargers?
2: The uh, First two quarters were pretty slow until on offense until they got those two field goal drives. Uh, I did like what I saw out of the second uh, field goal drive where they were kind of, you know, that's is what I wanted to see more out of them from the game. Is they were kind of going up tempo and they were having some success against the Bengals in that moment. And then they started the third quarter, and they were just like, okay, well, we're kind of going to go back to what we did in the first half for most of it. And then they were just, you know, kind of, you know. uh, It wasn't a great day for Steichen, nor was it a great day for Taylor. Um, And, you know, Tyrod is just there mostly to be a a game manager, I think, in a lot of respects. But, um, yeah, he finished with a quarterback rating, I believe, of about uh 20 I don't remember the exact number I think 30 something like that 26 26 yeah it wasn't a great day for him um he did some pretty decent stuff when he was able to get outside of the pocket he had that nice throw to uh Jalen Guyton which I thought was cool um you know he liked Mike Williams and Hunter Henry a lot in this game he did enough of what he needed to do but yeah um you know, if you play that way against the Chiefs or if you play that way against another team, it isn't going to go so well. Um, but I, I do think, you know, the people who are talking about benching Tyrod Taylor for Herbert on Twitter, you need to calm down. He, he did just fine in this game, right. uh, enough to get by. And it's their first week together on this new team with a rookie offensive coordinator. They're going to get better, I think, as the year improves. And I think if, you know, All the people who are talking about wanting Rivers back and all this. It's like, y'all give Taylor one game and you're ready to kick him out for Herbert or Easton Stick. It's just like, okay, just chill. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, you know, we'll get into game balls later. But Joshua Kelly just kind of came out of nowhere. um, And, yeah, he had a great game. Uh, Justin Jackson, unfortunately, gets hurt again. So, you know, it kind of looks like joshua uh, kelly is already ascending to rb2 uh in a way but yeah other than that i thought the defense was really solid uh jerry tillery talk about you know improvement he got to uh what uh I th- it looked like he got two sacks today um but he was uh just kind of a monster he uh looked faster, looked a lot quicker and a lot more decisive, uh, I think in just how he was attacking the offensive line also has to do with the fact that, you know, the Bengals offensive line, isn't that great. But, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think my favorite play of the game was the Melvin Ingram, uh, where, you know, Joey, Bo- uh, not Joey, Bosa, Joe Burrow tried to dump it off and Melvin Ingram got that pick. And then the Chargers decided to go three and out, but, uh, Melvin Ingram's pick on that was pretty good. I, um, I love what the defense did really all day other than Nassir Adderley missing that uh, angle on Joe Burrow on that touchdown run. But uh, the defense brought it today. Special teams was good. Um, The offense was laggy, but, you know, we'll kind of get into the offensive discussion later. But uh, in general, I thought, uh, you know, it was Steichen's first game. It's going to be a growing experience as the season goes on. So, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was a... (laughs) decent effort for first road game um there would i would have liked to see more offense but you know it, it is what it is for week one with no preseason
1: all right well um i was confused to say i, I was certainly confused <laughs> watching the offense that did not look like the offense i hoped that the charges would be now you know i do have to take into account everything that's happened this off season. i understand that taylor it's his first start it is a rookie offensive coordinator. There were new people along the offensive line. There were people on the line that weren't supposed to be there, and they had to be there. Um, but, man, my one of my biggest fears is that the Chargers would come out and look like Houston versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs came out, and they looked ready to go. They had a plan. They had plays. It was wonderful. Houston looked like they were trying to play Madden for the first time. I don't understand what Shane Steichen was doing this game. Um... Okay, so if you uh, to me the two best plays that Taylor had this entire game, were the two plays where he had to roll him own sel- his own self out, avoid pressure, hit Henry on the field goal drive, and hit Guyton on another drive. Why they didn't design more plays like that is beyond me. I'm not sure. You know, having having been so frustrated watching Tyrod Taylor, including right. behind a ba- bad offensive line, you know, get pummeled and pummeled and pummeled because they asked him to just drop back throw, shotgun throw, whatever. And then to watch the Chargers come out, and that's what they had. And that was my fear because, you know, I mean, we can't go to training camp. But when you watch the highlight videos the Chargers put out, kind of looked like he was just taking a snap, throwing from the pocket. And unfortunately, all we got was, was him doing that. Um, And listen, Tyrod Taylor did not execute as well as he could have. Uh, there, were some, there were some poor throws, some throws where he just... It's interesting because he didn't throw the ball away as much in Buffalo per game than he did today. I feel like he threw a ball a lot more uh, today than I've ever, ever seen him throw the ball away in Buffalo. So I wonder if that's just a coaching thing where Lynn's saying, listen, I don't care if you throw it away, just don't turn the ball over. So, I mean, maybe that's why he was throwing it away. I don't know. Um, But it was certainly confusing. Uh, I don't understand how you get Eckler one catch. I don't even know how that's possible. I meant it and people will blame Taylor. Maybe that's true. I don't know. Maybe he just missed him. Um, like Eckler was involved he was definitely involved I think he had 20 total touches in the game but to only have one reception for a guy who's you had 92 or whatever last season is kind of laughable but where I where I kind of lose the team and maybe we'll see how this changes moving forward I don't understand I know I'm such a Bobby Holly homer but I don't understand what the point was of keeping Gabe neighbors if you're not (laughs) going to use him at all Right. Like, okay. If you keep him in the practice squad and you're developing him, I understand. But if you're if you're going to activate him, I don't under it's like what was the point? The Chargers could have absolutely used a hammer fullback to get that fourth and. One. But they had two failed fourth down conversions, uh, failed you know third down conversion. They couldn't get. It was bad. Right. God guarantee that Holly and Kelly could have gotten that. Um. You know, one Taylor slipped on. I don't think he would have gotten a first on anyway. There were two other defenders waiting for him. Um, But I just... So I was just confused. Watching the offense was confusing. Um, So I guess I will end my rant with that. The only other thing I got to say is the special teams penalties got to go. That was rough. And I think as much as Taylor deserves some blame for not being able to execute on some drives, he was put in some poor positions by special teams penalties.
3: Yeah, and that was like one of the other focuses of the offseason, right? was special teams and improving you know, the average start of, you know, the off of the offensive drives and outside of the one drive where Joe Reed had that excellent kick return for 46 or 47 yards, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. Um, You know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the drew tranquil injury. We probably should have started out with that. Um, Obviously we are wishing drew well. Um, Initial thoughts from Adam Schefter are that is it a broken ankle and that's what it looked like Mm -hmm. on the field. It was not a, pretty picture and with how emotional he was and the air cast, you kind of figured that uh, this was going to be a, a gruesome injury. And, you know, we don't know how long the recovery is going to be yet. I assume we'll get more information on that once he's back in L.A., back with a team doctor and, and things like that. Uh, but definitely wishing him well. So you mentioned the the offense, and the offense was definitely confusing. I It felt like yeah. they were treating it as a preseason game. It felt like they were trying to feel out the roster a little bit more in, in live game reps and and figure out who could do what and who could excel where and it almost kind of felt like once they figured out that Hunter Henry could what that Hunter Henry and Tyrell Taylor <laughs> had a good relationship they're like all right we don't need to do that anymore it was like we don't need to see that Keenan Allen can is this excellent player we we already know what he is we don't need to do that. Uh, But let's test out if Mike Williams and his (laughs) AC joint sprain are healthy or not and just throw him 12 deep balls and have him jump over every single one. It was weird. Like the first half was it was just weird. And one of the things that we had discussed with Tyrod Taylor and how excited we were was them, you know, doing some design runs. And they did a few option runs, particularly out of the pistol formation in which, you know, they would do a read option or just, you know, straight up pitch option. But they didn't do any of those in the second half. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, I would have to go back and look, but I can't remember any of them off of the top of my head. So the creativity wasn't there. The sense of urgency wasn't there. This was not a good day for Shane Steichen. And, you know, we have been, you know, strong defenders of Tyrod Taylor. Granted, we've never said, like, we expect him to be this you know, breakout quarterback, who's going to set the right. world on fire. We know who he is and we have always known who he is, but it was just like the lack of urgency until Joshua Kelly got going was, was disappointing. Yep. That being said, they won the game. <laughs> you know, they got lucky for once, you know, in the most yep. <laughs> chargers way possible. I was expecting them to lose that game, but you know, they got a break. They got a few breaks. Uh, So I guess that was kind of a nice story, but, you know, they won. There is definitely some things to improve on. But this just seemed kind of like they were treating it like a preseason game.
2: Yeah, it felt like a kind of preseason game vibe where they were trying to figure out things. Uh, at, at least I would say that's how the first... Other than the defense, I would say that's how the first... When it came to the offense, that's how the first two and a half quarters right. really felt. Um, until they kind of got things going. And to an extent, I don't necessarily blame them for treating it like a preseason game. Obviously, you'd like to see more, like, um, intensity and stuff like that, but, you know, there was no preseason and there were no reps, so it's, uh, I mean, you know, there were reps, but there was no live action where you could, like, see how these guys were uh, functioning and kind of working with each other. So in that sense, I don't really blame uh, kind of the slower pace of play today it's better to do this against the Bengals than it is against the Chiefs. So, uh, you know, from that standpoint, I don't mind them kind of um, maybe experimenting a little bit more in this game. Uh, You know, obviously you don't want to do all of the things that they did today. uh, But, you know, uh, in terms of positives, uh, I would say that when it came to the offense, Mm -hmm. the offensive line was... Pretty good. I mean, all things considered, with the Turner injury, um, the weird thing was Ryan Groy and Tyree St. Louis. Uh, That was weird because they put Groy in, and then they were like, no, St. Louis, and it looked like maybe they were doing a rotating thing. I didn't see if Groy got back in afterward or not. Um, But, yeah, it it seemed weird, but generally, you know, Sam Tevy held his own against Carlos Dunlap, which was kind of surprising to me because he had a pretty bad game against him two years ago um, in that 2018 season. Um, I I even thought Forrest Lamp did right. Uh, You know, kind of was struggling on some snaps, but did okay for what his role was, and especially in short notice. Uh, Dan Feeney is, you know, I I don't know if I'm going to give him my game ball, I'll see, but he... Was honestly awesome today. Right. Um, I didn't expect that kind of performance out of him. Now, obviously, it helped that, you know, Geno Atkins and then the DJ Reader thing. Uh, but even with those, I thought his performance of just, you know, holding up was really impressive and not allowing uh, very many pressures. Obviously, Balaga was good. Um, you know, I guess we'll see what this injury with Turner is, but if Turner's back for the Chiefs game, uh, I feel pretty comfortable with this offensive line. Uh, I guess we'll see what's happening with Pouncey. But um, I really thought every spot other than right guard was pretty solid. I thought Dan
3: Feeney was excellent today. I really
2: did. Um,
3: I you know, There was that one stunt where the Chargers, all three of the interior were kind of like bunched up together. Um, and then I want to say it was Carlos Dunlap kind of looped all the way over from Sam Tebby side over to the right side. And Tyree St. Louis was like, totally lost um like he <laughs> he turned around i think he did a 720 like he was he was just lost um i actually thought sam Tevey played very well i missed the first drive because i was trying to figure out the uh streaming situation um <laughs> but i thought <laughs> sam Tevey played very well i only counted one pressure that he allowed and that was the one where tyrod actually escaped and then hit Jalen guyton on uh down the down the right hash Um, that was really the only pressure I counted from Sam Tevi. Uh, obviously Saint Louis did not play very well. I thought Forestland played okay. You mentioned the DJ Reader thing that changed everything for the game to me. Um, once that happened, they were like, oh, it was like when a starting corner goes out and you just target that backup corner, right? Once DJ Reader went out of the game, they were like, okay, Joshua Kelly up the middle, Austin Eckler up the middle. Like they were finally able to get some push. Because DJ Reader was having himself a game. Uh, I thought Mike Daniels played very well uh, also. But once DJ Reader left, man, that was that was a change in the game for me. That really is what essentially won the Chargers' the game, is they were able to start running the ball more uh, and more effectively. Yeah, I'm really curious how this game would have gone if he,
1: had, if he had remained in or if they had Atkins. Because they were pretty much going to lose that game until they weren't, until Reader went out and they were able to run the ball. I, I mean, credit to Kelly. He looked great. He made yards for himself. It's, yeah. not like, it's not like the the line suddenly won and Kelly had holes. I mean, he made some yards for himself and looked really impressive. But um, yeah, Chargers are definitely fortunate that the injuries happened. And um, yeah, so that's a positive. As far as the offensive line goes, I just ball watch when I watch games. I'm, I'm just <laughs> gonna like I'm just gonna have to watch the offensive line again on NFL Game Pass or whatever. So yeah, but overall, like just based on instinct and what I saw they played a lot better than I might have given credit for at the beginning of the season. And I can't believe that Sam Tevy had a good game. And if, if it <laughs> actually works out, nobody called it, but him and his mother and Anthony Lynn, because, but <laughs> Hey, James Campen. Yeah. James Campen. If it works though, <laughs> by the way, and I guess you do have to give credit some credit to James Campen because he looked good. I mean, he played all right. And Feeney, you know, I'll take your guys' word for it. If he played well, I mean, shoot, he was my breakout candidate for this year. And, you know, if some of these guys are actually improving and they get in Turner next week, I feel pretty good. So I'm, I'm a little surprised to be saying that, but um, not bad overall.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, this was kind of said on Twitter a few times, but, you know, getting to see Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney at the positions in which they were supposed to be playing from the start until Mike Pouncey, you know, kind of fell in the team's lap. It's not the worst thing. And, you know, I don't know what Mike Pouncey's situation is. No one really knows because Anthony Lynn won't say a word about it except for when the injury report is out. Um, So I don't know what's going on there. He has a hip issue Mm -hmm. and he was told a few years ago in Miami that he was going to need a hip replacement and it's the same hip that is bothering him now. So maybe we go another year without seeing Mike Pouncey. And honestly, that might be better for the Chargers long term and their roster planning because now they'll really get to see Forrest Lamb and Dan Feeney, you know, in their intended positions. As much as I would like to see Scott Questenberry starting, because I love Scott Questenberry, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I think this gives them a better chance of of figuring out what positions of need up front in the 2021 draft, because if Sam Tevi is serviceable at left tackle Which he was very serviceable today. He played really well. Uh, you know, this, this helps them kind of knock a, uh, knock a to do list or knock a, knock a thing off of their to do list for next year's draft. Because, you know, if if Lamp or Feeney struggle, then they know that they have to get into your offensive line instead of left tackle. So I think this is kind of a, an upside situation. But if Trey Turner misses any extended time, I'm worried. You know, Ryan Groy did not look very good. Tyree St. Louis, I think he's okay in the run game, but in passing situations, he really struggled. He's very similar skill set to Trent Scott, kind of slow, kind of heavy. Uh, I guess you could put Scott Questenberry in a right guard, but if Trent Scott, or if Trey Turner
2: misses any games, you know, I'm kind of worried up front. I to say, it's a very Chargers progression that we went from... Oh, you know Turner's going to be on the line, and then oh, cool, Tyree Saint Louis made the roster too. Oh, Tyree Saint Louis is going to play yeah. significant <laughs> time week one, and we're f- yeah. <laughs> but you know it, uh, it, it, it's that's just Chargers football for you. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I thought he definitely gave up. Uh, yeah, he he kind of left Taylor for dead on some of those plays. Uh, but yeah, I mean I. It's kind of a thing where you can't really expect him to play well, though, because, I mean, he was the 10th mm. offensive lineman on the team. So right. it's, um, yeah, definitely a challenging situation, and they better hope that uh, Turner is back next week for the Chiefs. My understanding was
1: that Storm Norton was a swing tackle on this team. So would that have been Trey Pipkins then today?
3: Because Norton was Yes, inactive. that would have been Pipkins today, yeah.
0: Okay, interesting. Which
3: is another thing. The way that they maneuvered this roster today... Was weird. Uh, Tyler, you mentioned the fullback situation and Donald Parham, and you know this is kind of leading me to the next point: is like they massively struggled in short yarded situations, right? And it was pretty clear that Donald Parham was a better blocker than Steve Anderson, and Bobby Holly was a better blocker than Gabe Neighbors. And Bobby mm-hmm. Holly's not on a roster, and Donald Parham was inactive, and the inferior blockers were in the games, and they could not convert in goal line situations. They couldn't convert on the fourth fourth down quarterback sneak. And I think, you know, they won the game, right? But if they convert those situations, you know, this is potentially a 23 to 13 game instead of a 16 to 13 game.
1: Absolutely. No, those fourth downs, those conversions are huge. If Badgley hits his field goal, they convert on fourth down those two tries and one third down try. I mean, it's a whole different game. You never know. Even if you just get 12 points out of that. I mean, what a, what a huge difference the game would have been. So. Yeah, you're right. though. Parham being the better blocker as well. Um, I didn't really get to watch Anderson play all that much. Did you really able to watch him? Was he okay? I don't. Re- I I honestly just watched Taylor the entire
3: game. <laughs> um, he seemed fine. I, you know, the thing with Anderson is is he seems to be more of like a pass catcher, right? Um, but you know, he didn't play a whole lot because of Virgil Green and Hunter mm-hmm. Henry were, you know, obviously the two tight end sets. Um, I mean, Anderson seems fine, but he's he's very similar to Lance Kendrick's last year. It's like, gotcha. you know, he's a good third string tight end, but, you know, I think he's more on the team because of his relationship with Justin Herbert, honestly, because that was really like the training camp buzz around mm-hmm. Anderson was his relationship with Justin Herbert. So that being said, the defense obviously held their own today. Joey Bosa had a sack. Um, Jerry Tillery had a sack as well. And Uchenna Unwosu. And then Melvin Ingram had the interception. And how about the resurgence of Denzel Perryman, man? This is definitely <laughs> something that I did not see coming today. You know, Denzel Perryman forcing the team's first turnover and Melvin Ingram forcing the team's first interception. It was just overall a very weird day for the Chargers. Yeah,
1: no, that's great for Perryman. I don't I don't know what a snap count was, and I don't know how much a snap count changed because Tranquil was out. But, I mean, good for him. He's He's a guy who can come in and give you some splash plays and you do need those sometimes you know he can pick he can pick off Matt Ryan in Atlanta you know he can smash Eddie Lacy in Green Bay for a fumble and here you know, apparently Mixon doesn't fumble much i mean that might have been the play of the game right like yeah. it was so important that, that that happened and it did and i i mean good for him really really good for him honestly so not bad and then i i look Ingram has been picking off the ball more recently and he had a lot, had a lot towards the end of the year he had a lot of pass deflections particularly against the chiefs, but to shadow the receiver or running back or whoever it was, jump in front and get the interception with his arm tucked into his side. was well, certainly not what I would have guessed as the first interception of the game, uh, this season, but, uh, Hey, I'll take it. Both, both, both of them had huge plays and, you know, whatever the stat is, the Chargers are X amount of games win you know, wins and losses when they're plus two in the turnover, you
2: know, differential. I mean, it worked. It was enough. Right. Uh, I thought Perriman was pretty great today. Um, he, you know, and this is something I said for Paramount for a while. I think he's a good early down guy to have on this team. Uh, I don't know what his future is beyond this year, but, you know, he's still going to be a guy that, uh, you know, can force uh, a tackle for a loss or, you know, today he forces the fumble on Joe Mixon. Um you know, I thought he was solid. Uh, I also, you know, give a little bit of credit towards, uh, Nick Vigil because Nick Vigil was kind of the guy who came in after Tranquil, uh, got hurt. And I thought Nick Vigil, the first couple plays looked a little bit out of sync. And then, uh, you know, I think he sort of started, uh, kind of finding his groove later in the game. But yeah, I I would say Nick Vigil and Paramin, uh, kind of impressed me, especially down the stretch.
3: Yeah, it definitely seemed like Nick Vigil was uh playing a lot more than Denzel Perryman. And it didn't seem like Perryman's role changed a lot from what we thought it was going to be. Right. Um as like a, you know, short yardage early down player. That seemed like how they were using him. Um, so he only had three tackles, but obviously he had the force fumble. Um Nick Vigil had five tackles. He played pretty well. And Kaiser Wright, I thought he looked really good in his limited role as well. He had that one tackle for loss when uh, Kaiser got mixed in in the backfield, and then Jerry Tillery just, <laughs> just ate Joe Burrow for lunch, yeah. man. I, I really Jerry Tillery played amazing today. He did a whole different he, player. Yeah, yeah I, I, that was to me one of the bigger takeaways. You know, there was so much love given to Justin Jones in the offseason and rightfully so. You know, he looks like a high quality run stuffing tackle as well, but. That's the thing is Jerry Tillery, his upside and his playmaking potential was on full display today, and I thought he had a fantastic game.
1: Yeah, credit the development of the defensive line. I think the defensive line coach, it's not Gift Smith, is it? Is it the linebackers coach? Anyway, whoever the defensive line coach is, uh, give him credit because, I mean, Joseph looked good. Justin Jones looked good. But Tillery looked amazing. And, of course, the development of Bosa and Ingram. So. I mean, give him credit. Telesco sometimes has these guys that flame out in year one and look all right in year two. So if this is the start of a good old, you know, Mike Williams year two, Verrett year two, or well, I guess Verrett was good year one, or even a Melville Gordon year two, you know, if you get a nice Jerry Tiller year two, we'll take it because the defense is clearly the strength of this team right now.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's the direction that we're headed in, right? Is with this Tyrod Taylor managing the games. Granted, I do think he'll have more success on the ground going forward, Mm -hmm. um, but I guess we'll have to see. So we'll kind of shift now to uh, some things that we would like to see the Chargers improve on. We've already mentioned a few, um, but Alex, anything specific that we haven't mentioned or that you want to highlight further of something that the Chargers did well today and something that you want to see the Chargers improve upon?
2: In terms of something I want to see them improve upon, I want them to go faster like go up tempo like that, that's what helped the Chargers get that uh field goal at the end of the half that I mentioned earlier like they were just you know you know boom to Henry boom to Mike Williams like you know they were just kind of going uh pretty fast and it seemed like that was the situation that kind of best suited Taylor now and that's the thing you know against the Chiefs next week like you have to match the Chiefs tempo to beat them right? Like, you know, uh, obviously I think the Chargers defense will play decently well against the Chiefs, but you have to be able to score with the Chiefs too, if you're, if you're going to beat them. So I I think they kind of got to go, uh, just a little bit, uh, quicker on a lot of these plays and less, uh, slow and awkward, I guess is how I would describe it. Um, yeah, just, you know, from the initial snap to just what the decision is just to be, uh, a lot quicker, and, you know, obviously run the plays a little bit quicker, too. Um, other than that, uh, one thing that I think they did really well today, um, yeah, I, I got to give it to uh, the defensive line. I think that they were able to pressure pretty well. Um, obviously, the Bengals' offensive line I, <laughs> I mentioned in the preview episode is not uh, not the best, but I, I think that if you really have someone like Tillery um kind of just bringing you know a whole nother type of performance in year two uh that's such uh an advantage to them uh and if obviously they have jones improving and you have joseph it, it's almost like night and day with the interior defensive line last year and that uh, opens up more opportunities for both and ingram and you know we saw that in this game so uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited, mostly with the defense in this game. And, you know, even though it was a bit quiet for Rayshon in this year, I still thought the secondary did well. Um, loved Casey Hayward in this game. He was uh, perfect, uh, honestly, on A.J. Green the whole game. And uh, shout-out to Chris Harris. He kind of shut down Tyler Boyd, like, entirely. Um, so I thought that was a really, really impressive effort. Yeah, that's a great call. I don't even recall
1: outside of, you know, Green, anybody else catching a pass. I mean, I know obviously there were other people, but considering it it just seemed like the the Burrow to AJ Green show, that's a testament to, you know, Michael Davis, Chris Harris, you know, some of these other guys. So, uh, not bad. But like you said, the offense, what I'd like to see them moving forward is just to look confusing, not to be confused, but to look confusing. (laughs) You know, let's let, you know, let's let Joe Reed, you know, take a jet sweep. Let's, you know, I don't know anything else that's that's kind of creative. This team has so much talent. Um, But I know people are not happy with Keenan Allen seeming to be neglected the entire game. Um, I don't know how open he was. I'll have to watch on NFL Game Pass. But if the connection to Mike Williams works between Tyrod Taylor and Mike Williams, go for it. Like he is, he is the guy that does better resemble Sammy Watkins in Buffalo. And if, if that's what works for Tyrod Taylor, then go for it. You know, I don't, I don't think you should have to force to Keenan Allen, but that being said, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler are the two better players on this team. And they do need to find a way to get them more involved because they're that good. You know, even Keenan Allen will take a catch, you know, make a guy miss and get that first down. So hopefully moving forward, the chargers can find a way to get those guys involved um, one thing I did like that um, that they did, I don't know how often they did it, but on one uh, sack, I believe, on Joe Burrow, I saw them bring Kenneth Murray on a pressure, or on a blitz, and he was able to get pretty close to the quarterback, and that's fine. You have Derwin James out, you need to find a way to replicate someone not on the defensive line, um, you know, blitzing from somewhere, a little bit different, confuse things. And if they can continue to do that with Kenneth Murray, that's great. You know, I do think they need to do that. I think when they brought pressure, it worked. And if, if that's Kenneth Murray, fine, go for it. And I hope they do that moving forward. Um, otherwise we've already talked about the other things I'd like to see, you know, roll out Taylor a little bit more get him running with a receiver parallel to him uh, towards the sideline because obviously it works. Um, hopefully he finds him better footing. I know tranquil slipped and got hurt. Taylor slipped, Taylor s- slipped. I almost couldn't say that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, he couldn't convert the fourth down. So you know, I think they'll be okay against the Kansas City Chiefs. I do believe that what we saw today was almost as bad as it could have been. We know how the yeah. defense is going to play against the Chiefs. They've always, not always, but ever since, you know, Mahomes' debut, which is so hard to predict, you know, they have played really well against the Chiefs. This is, like I said, the worst I've seen, or this is what I think the worst the Chargers offense will be. The most boring, the most bland, unable to convert, missing field goals, penalties, bad field position because of special teams. It could really only get better from here. So I'm just hoping that everything's clean next week and we
3: have Trey Turner back. That's uh, something interesting that I'm, I'm just thinking about now is do we think maybe they were kind of holding back and and kind of not wanting to show their hand a little too much for the Chiefs next week? Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know how much their offense really changed once they were in a hole against the Bengals.
1: Like, I don't know, once they knew they were down and they weren't just beating the Bengals, I don't know how much their offense really changed. Like, yeah, Reeder went out, but they, but they just ran the ball off the middle more. So, I mean, we'll see. The offense, certainly, when they play the Chiefs, moves through the running backs pretty well. So, I don't know. Maybe they were holding back. I certainly don't think they were putting everything out on the table, but I also don't think they were really holding back either.
2: Yeah, I think it was less um, holding back. I mean, I think they were more experimenting with things, as they mentioned, as we mentioned earlier, uh, with you know, you know, does Tyrod have a good connection with Hunter Henry, and you know, figuring out uh, all these live in-game things. To an extent, the speed of the offense to me felt like, in a sense, like trying to make the Philip Rivers offense for Tyrod Taylor a little bit. Um, just in terms of, like, how quickly they were getting to the line and, like, the fact that they were kind of waiting in between plays and not, you know, kind of deciding, you know, until they had to in certain spots, like, to not go up-tempo. It sort of felt like they were kind of using that uh, mentality. So I think they'll kind of go away from that as they start to improve during the season. But... Yeah, I, I think that it was more, right, the, the lack of live game action. And I think you're going to see teams that looked really good on offense this week uh, not look good on offense in the future. And I think you're going to see teams that struggled this week, like uh, the Texans and the Chargers on offense. I, I think you'll see them eventually find their footing. Um, you know, th- this week was just hard, especially if, you know, you have injuries like the Chargers did. Uh, and, you know, you're trying to kind of work out everything else, especially new quarterback and coordinator. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think, you know, it, it was very, you know, we, we've said slow and awkward a uh, number of times on this show already, but um, I think with the Chiefs, because of this, uh, the play style of the Chiefs, I think they'll that'll force the Chargers into basically going uh, up-tempo, having more design runs for Tyrod, uh, and obviously because of how Keenan Allen plays the Chiefs getting Keenan Allen more involved
1: yeah and i do think some of the familiarity the Chargers have with the Chiefs will come into play like the Bengals they don't play them that often they haven't played them since 2018 against it's a i mean obviously True. on defense but you know facing a rookie quarterback you know they haven't played some of these guys for a while you know and they've got new guys to work with themselves Where if you play the Chiefs you kind of know what to do you kind of know what to expect and how to beat them hopefully so
3: hopefully that changes things next week but we'll see yeah, that's a good point. Uh, obviously, there were there were so many moving parts around this season, and and you know, the Chargers had no idea what Joe Burrow was going to be like. The Bengals had no idea what the Chargers were going to do. And, you know, the unfortunate reality for the Chargers is this year that they have a new quarterback in a new system and no offseason to really build that chemistry. And so much of, you know, offensive production in the NFL these days is based off of, you know, relationships and chemistry and rhythm. Uh, And I just didn't really see them like the Chargers were able to get that going. Um, That being said, I think the same was true for the Bengals. I think the Bengals were never really able to get into a rhythm until Mm -hmm. the final drive. Um, I thought Joe Burrow, in the sense of what we know of Joe Burrow, right, is that he likes being in an empty situation where he can kind of go up-tempo and control things. And in those situations, I thought he played very well. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it was required to kind of you know, let the game come to him and and be, you know, slow things down a little bit and kind of dissect the defense. That's kind of where he struggled. Uh, but what did you guys make of the former Heisman winner and national champion, uh, Joe Burrow today?
2: Uh, I, I love Joe Burrow today. Just everything I saw from him, especially that final drive where, and I think that he's going to be a problem on final drives, uh, throughout his career. Um, he, he just, he just, it sounds like Colin Coward thing to say but he has it um, <laughs> and um, yeah I, I just was really impressed by how he came out and um, j- just kind of really brought I guess the issue to the Chargers in a lot of ways uh, obviously you know he could only do so much because at the end of the day Bobby Hart is starting on the offensive line and Trey Hopkins and I think Bobby Hart you know, might be worse know. than Trent Scott I really do <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he's not very good uh, Jonah Williams did Fine, but it wasn't really a good effort. So, for what he has on the offensive line and um, just still getting to know his weapons and all that, I-, I thought Burrow honestly played pretty great today. There were definitely things like, I, I think his worst decision was probably the the shovel pass yeah. uh, into Ingram and you know stuff like that where you know, but but it's also his first game and you know he's gonna be a little bit erratic uh, in that sense. So, but. You know, honestly, it, it's a one-game sample size, so it doesn't say a lot. But you know, if this game was any indication, I I think that this guy is the you know franchise quarterback moving forward. I I don't think there's any um, Allenisms or Darnoldisms in his game.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was a solid debut for him. As good as he could have done facing the pressure that he did, the guy was beat up pretty good in that first half. It really looks like the Nathan Peterman game all over again. He wasn't really hitting anything either. Um, you know, made a couple mistakes. I know he missed that one long ball that would have given him seven points. Um, yeah. Throwing to Melvin Ingram, you know, that cost him. you know, at least three points or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, his, his some of his mistakes did kind of cost them the game, but you know, like that, you also, you're watching that final drive and he just clicks and he has that kind of it factor. So. You know, they've got some good weapons around him. If the offensive line develops, you know, and and Mixon hopefully plays a better game. Um, you know, he played well. He played well given the circumstances and and good for him.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think he did the best that he could do. And, and it definitely felt like they were also being really conservative with their game plan. And, and that kind of tends to happen with rookie quarterbacks. You don't want to put too much on their play, right? um so i thought burrow played really well he reminds me so much of tony romo when he's just in the pocket like his mm-hmm. maneuverability in the pocket is so nice they, the chargers could have had like six or seven sacks but yeah. joe burrow you know he he's very good at escaping things He he's very savvy in there in the pocket um and that was that was definitely the thing that i had him uh his highest grade for was his ability in, within the pocket yeah and what an amazing play for him to take an unexpected snap and
1: immediately fire it to AJ green for the first down or whatever it was like that. He's just in the zone like that. He's, he's pretty hard to phase.
3: Yeah. And I do think that their relationship with AJ green is going to be really fun to watch. Um, I think, you know, Alex mentioned Chris Harris and Tyler Boyd. I think that was a tough matchup for Tyler Boyd, but I think, you know, AJ green, if he stays healthy, is going to have a good year for, uh, as, as Joe Burrows, number one target.
2: Yeah. I also, uh, wanted to mention burrow had a little nice hook uh some hookups with uh, cj yuzama so yeah I'm, I'm curious to see if they get him involved because cj yuzama was like kind of involved when dalton was there you know he would have like one game and then kind of go out of the picture but rookie quarterbacks tend to rely a little bit more on tight ends and i can definitely see uh, yuzama maybe having uh, a bigger year than people expected
3: yeah absolutely i think the Bengals are in good shape going forward and once you get the quarterback right, you know so much around them is is going to be so much easier. And once Geno Atkins comes back, I think the Bengals are are in decent shape for this year, and and the outlook is definitely bright. So let's get to our game balls, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, do we want to do one on offense and one on defense, or just one each? We do one on offense and defense. Okay, Alex, you start us off the off. Then uh, we'll go one offense each, and then one defense each. So, Alex. You do uh, offense first.
2: Uh, offense, I got to give the game ball to Joshua Kelly. Um, so yeah. I probably stole your answers. Um, anyway, <laughs> because he was one of the bright, bright spots on offense. But just the you know his vision when he was running. You know, vision is a thing that I compliment uh, Justin Jackson with a lot uh when he's running and just to see that Joshua Kelly kind of has that factor to him too where he can like kind of you know see where he's going even for a young player um i think that that was pretty great just also his power too. just he was like trucking people out there man yeah. it you know to you know in the the Bengals D uh it's not the best but you know i he was really getting to um just that second third level pretty consistently um And just, you know, we talked about him maybe being kind of there was some discussion about him being kind of a short yardage back. And I think he proved that, honestly, he's way more than that uh, in terms of his total package. So uh, I got to give the game ball this week uh, on offense to Joshua Kelly. Nice. Um,
1: Yeah. Kelly is definitely a, a contender for that award. If I were to go with a slightly easier answer and I won't, but I'll mention it anyway. I do have to give a lot of credit to Mike Williams for going out there, taking a lot of hard hits, trying to make a lot of contested catches, and honestly doing his best and still getting up some some gnarly hits. But, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I have to watch the film again. I will give the game ball to Sam Tevy. If he played... (laughs) Wow. he played... Let's go. Fine. Or at least good. I'll I'll have to watch it again. (laughs) Like, I am just surprised because that was the clear an obvious weak link on this offensive line, and today he wasn't, and he didn't exactly have the easiest job today. So, pff, I mean, credit to him. Blocking for Eckler, pass protecting for Taylor. What the heck? T- Sam Tevi uh, you get my game ball. Hopefully you get 15 more.
2: Sam Tevy is the MVP of playing fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'll take that, though. Like that's, That is a yeah. step up from anything I expected. Yeah
2: for sure yeah
3: i mean i talked to him in my breakdown right his his good is pretty good it's just the games where he goes into this mode of like i'm the worst player on the field <laughs> that, that concerns me so if we can get to fine for sam Tebby, i will take that 100 and yep. i will give him 10 gang game balls the rest of the year <laughs> um that being said you know you mentioned mike williams It feels like kind of a cop-out to say him since you already mentioned him. So I'm actually going to go with Ty Long. I know he's not on offense, but um, he had five punts for 244 total yards, an average of 48 yards, and he had two punts within the 20, or one punt within the 20, and one was at the 22. So I thought Ty Long played great. Uh, I've talked about this before. We have a weird relationship as Utah football fans with punters because the punter has often been the best player on the team. Uh, it's just also kind of unfortunate because when Ty Long has a good game, it means the Chargers offense is not playing well. Right. Um, <laughs> but I think Ty Long had a fantastic game. Um, so we'll shift to defense now and I'll go first. Uh, it's Casey Hayward for me pretty easily. Uh, I thought he played a fantastic game against AJ Green and he also was really good in the run support as well. He had 12 tackles today and he had one pass breakup and obviously, uh, drew that, uh, pass interference on AJ Green that kind of, Sealed the deal for the Chargers.
1: Nice. Well, good. You didn't take my guy. Uh, I'm gonna go with <laughs> Joey Bosa because I mean, why not? The guy had a the guy had a pretty good game overall, and it showed again. He's not just a pass rusher, though. He looked fantastic as one. He's you know had some key stops. You know, getting catching up to Burrow for whatever five yard game, whatever it was. You know, I, he's a complete player, and he's worth every penny that they paid him. So Joey Bosa. I know they kind of forgot about him in the second half, not the second half. You know, towards the end of the game, you stop seeing Joey Bosa, but overall, pretty good game.
3: And he, I think this is the first time we saw him talking trash in the face of another team.
1: (laughs) That's a dangerous Bosa there, and
2: he did better than his brother. So there. Yes, absolutely. Um, for my game ball, I'm gonna go with Nick Vigil.
0: Uh, I mentioned
2: him a little bit earlier. Um, I when. Uh, Drew Triangle unfortunately got hurt. I thought he did a great job at playing more uh, snaps. Uh, it probably helped that you know he knew the Bengals a little bit, uh, but you know he honestly had some. Uh, you know he got the fumble recovery after Perriman dropped it. Um, you know had some nice tackles, uh, and you know I, I didn't totally believe in the signing when it initially happened. Uh, but I think he's going to be a um, pretty solid veteran presence based on this game, um, and obviously his role is going to be a lot more important now that uh, Drew Tranquil's hurt. So uh, I'm going to go with Nick Vigil for this one.
3: I like that pick.
2: That, that I think Vigil did
3: play very well once he came in. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do in terms of the roster spot, because I assume that you know, Drew Tranquil's going to be going on injured reserve. Um, obviously, they could just promote... Uh, Asmar Bilal, or I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of linebackers out there that are uh, not on teams that they could sign. But, you know, I think that's probably what they'll end up doing. Uh, and then they'll kind of split with Vigil and Perryman going forward. So uh we're 55 minutes in. I kind of want to wrap up here. My final thoughts, and then I'll let you guys do some final thoughts as well. I just... Would encourage our listeners to take a deep breath and relax. I, I know that this was kind of a slow start for the Chargers. You know, I'm there are things that they need to improve upon, which we have highlighted today. Just relax. The Chargers won. They're one and zero. And if they lose next week, which I probably think they're going to, you know, they're one and one instead of zero and two. So I know there are things to improve upon. But this chart, the Chargers of the past probably lose today in, in Cincinnati. They didn't lose. They won the game. And an ugly win is still a win. Yeah, no, this is the first. I'm pretty sure this is the first
1: week one road win under Tom Telesco, considering he's been here since 2013. That's pretty crazy because they beat the Lions at home and they beat the Colts at home. But I believe they've lost to every other road team during week one. So I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, good for them. Honestly, like the teams of the past might have lost today. And look, zero interceptions. You did win. So if they go and win 16 to 13 on a last second missed field goal against the Chiefs next week, I'll take it. Like, I Absolutely. Don't, like, I don't, I don't care. If that's how they win, fine. You know, win is a win. I think they only get better from here. And a lot of the things that they can fix are pretty easy to fix. You just change some decisions and convert on some. And it's not easy to convert on fourth down, <laughs> but I just think I don't, I can't imagine they go over like three on the short yardage conversions again. Yeah. So, Over three and a missed field goal. Yeah, so I think they'll be fine. Uh, just make some necessary adjustments and get Turner back in that lineup. And I think it's actually going to be a good game next week. And everyone's a little bit worried and sure. Maybe you're picking him to lose. I don't know. I'm st- look. I'm still going to pick him to win because why not? I think this. I think it's a, <laughs> you know, I think it's a different game next week than than today. So we'll we'll see.
2: Yeah. Um, in terms of final thoughts, uh, you know, I, I guess my real final thought with this game is just, uh, let Taylor cook a little bit more. Um, cause mm-hmm. he kind of was in this, these just like kind of confusing offensive sets. And it's like, I feel like they never really hit upon, uh, and at least, you know, obviously small sample size with this game, but they never really hit on what made him effective in Buffalo, which was, um, you know kind of using the running backs uh in the passing game a little bit. He did that with Shady McCoy. Um you know and obviously just uh you know kind of you know obviously playing up tempos as I've said a bunch of times. Um but yeah, so that and uh, I guess on the defense uh I'd like to see a little bit more from Rashawn in this year this game. They uh, yeah. or next game. They played uh, all right, but Nasir kind of had that bad angle that led to the Gerald Burrow uh, rushing touchdown. And then uh, Rayshon was, you know, he was all right, but was kind of invisible for the game. So I'd like to see a little bit of a splash splash play from him, especially since he's kind of replacing the guy who is, you know, responsible for a lot of splash plays at Derwin James. Uh, So, you know, he did all right this game, but I'd like to see uh, a little bit more against the Chiefs, especially since... He might be the guy that um, kind of ends up drawing Travis Kelsey, um, and Travis Kelsey is a much tougher matchup than CJ Hazama. So, <laughs> yep. um, yeah, I, I'd yep. like to see a little bit more out of the safety room, even though the secondary as a whole played really well today.
3: Yeah, and I do think Desmond King had a good game. Uh, yeah. definitely not like all pro Desmond King, but I think he was solid. Um, so how they go about matching up with Travis Kelsey and, and we'll get into that, you know, on Thursday a lot more. Um, but that definitely is going to be, you know, one of the keys of the game and, and they've done a good job on him in the past, but you know, they don't have Adrian Phillips. They don't have Derwin James. They don't have Jalen Watkins. so that's going to be really interesting to see how they do that. And Tyler, you are right. Like this team, they're not going to get killed by the chiefs. Like it's just not mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, at least I'm, like, 90% sure it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always possible that Patrick Mahomes goes nuclear. And, and you know, that's just the reality of playing him. And it's just like Steph Curry and the Warriors when they were in their prime. You mm-hmm. just never know when that, you know, that nuclear bomb is going to come. That being said, you know, you've done a lot of work in kind of emphasizing how the Chargers can beat the Chiefs. And if they're able to kind of continue that method, and if they win the turnover battle again next week and they kind of control the clock and control the line of scrimmage like they did in the second half today, I think they'll be uh, in good shape next week as well. Yep. So that'll do it for today's show. You guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Today was an awesome day, whether or not you were stressed out or not. I was just happy that football was back. I sat on my couch all day, watched some football, made some pizza. It was a great day for me. I hope it was a great day for you. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and we will see you guys on Thursday or Friday. Peace someday.